Buongiorno and welcome to the, uh, sorry, I'm not good at the Italian, but we'd say buongiorno uh, and welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. And I'm Randy Kent. <laughs> he's Dr. Kent. And today we've gone to the mountains of Colorado, where we're speaking to saber-toothed tigers, <laughs> uh, aliens, and space. Wait, wait, whoa. the saber-toothed tiger thing, was I sleeping for that part? You must have been asleep at that part, during that part, but Christina Amagoni, did I say that right? Amagoni. I, I probably do a fake, I do a terrible Italian yeah. accent, but there you go. Yeah, you probably do a New York Italian probably. accent, right? Yeah. But Christina Amagoni, she loves to talk about space and connectedness, and she was intriguing connecting saber-toothed tigers to social media. Interesting stuff. Now. Saber-toothed tigers are nothing to mince words with. If you run into a saber-toothed tiger, I don't know, do you run? Do you hide? Do you, do you like hold your arms up so they think you're big or do you just scream? Well, I think we all respond differently. <laughs> it's something to do with the threat response. So it depends whether you consider a saber-toothed tiger a threat. What, what happened? Were you around when saber-toothed tigers were still <laughs> on the earth? Well, maybe because the dinosaurs are gone, so maybe the maybe the mammals have taken over. All right, so here's our interview with Christina Amagon. Hello, Christina. It's really nice to see you. I I have to say, we are Siamo. Is isn't that redundant? Just to start it off, is. I, I barely yes. know you, but yeah. So how did that come about? <laughs> uh, well, the short version of it is the URL, siamo.com, was taken. And so when we were looking for something that was more than Siamo Consulting, Siamo Coaching, Siamo whatever we are, we figured we are Siamo was the, the closest thing to the reality of what the company is. So the way you say that, so before I, before I went to Italy and lived there for a little while, mm -hmm. I thought people were exaggerating how Italians spoke. But the way you say <laughs> siamo, is that siamo, siamo. Yeah. <laughs> say, say it, it why, what, what, is that, what does that phrase mean to you and why is it important to what you do? Well, it means we are, so that's the literal translation. Uh, and to me, it means more than that. It means we exist. So when we came to creating, finding the name and creating the company, it was really about seeing people in the workplace as humans. And so the, the basic human uh, existence is, is we are, we, we exist as, as a human being, as a unique person that comes to work and brings everything from our humanity. And so when uh, it took us about six to nine months to find a name for the company, and then we kind of came to me on a kind of dream state early morning where I kept thinking humans we are humans and that's when i said like what about siamo i love that and we are you know I, most most days i'm human <laughs> yes. I, I can't speak for randy but but i'll let him uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm i'm definitely alien and wait no you're not an alien anymore 
You're you're now a full well, no. full resident of Texas. You're a full American citizen yeah. down down there. Yeah, you can tell by the accent. They they <laughs> transplant accents when you become resident of Texas. But I used to be an alien, and people think of aliens. They think of space, and you know, Captain Kirk went to space yesterday. Space is big. Space is enormous, as one um, vice president in the past actually said made a very powerful statement that space is big. And you, Christina, are a creator of space. Can you tell us what that means? Uh, yes, that's a great question. So as part of this finding the humanity of people at work, and also in our lives, honestly, uh, we, we make a point to say that we don't separate between life and work. Work is part of our life and we bring our life to work. But it's really about this, the space, the, the feeling of being seen, the feeling of having a purpose uh, in what we do, uh, the feeling of bringing our authentic self. And space was a purpose acronym. And so the, the authentic self. So how can I show up as my best self? How can I show up as me and be accepted as me? And then the feeling of connection. So we, we can't really live without each other uh, and we work best and we live best when we are connected, when we feel connected. And that creates this kind of energy and engagement all around where we, we feel fulfilled. Our life makes sense. Our work makes sense. We, we're happy at home. We're happy at work. We're happy in social places. We hear a lot about colleges and the workplace having or having to be, needing to become a safe place for people to be. And obviously a lot of colleges are creating safe spaces. Um, a lot of employers are, are trying to do the same thing. Is a safe space somewhere different from where you do your chores or is it ideally the entire environment that you're actually working in? I would say ideally it's the entire environment you're working in. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be uh, joyous. I mean, maybe when I'm, especially chores, if I'm thinking chores. But it, as long as I don't have to hide who I am, I don't have to become someone else uh, to be accepted because otherwise I'll be rejected, I'll be excluded then it's, it's, it's safe. It's a safe being. Okay, so since we're now in a very safe space while we're talking, because it doesn't matter, we're not threatening to you, you're not threatening to us, we're separated by cameras and wires that run through tubes and satellites up in space and everything else. So it's really interesting because as a human engagement architect, have you found that, human engagement has changed during the pandemic and with the move into more remote work how has that environment all worked what are you seeing it's definitely changed there needs to be a little more intentionality for engagement uh, without the you know bumping into people at work and in the office uh, whether it's at the coffee machine or just walking by their desk and asking the question directly and just the general human connection of being in the same room. I mean, there's, there's energy. Uh, as Einstein says, everything is energy. We are energy. And so there, there's an energy in being in the same room physically with someone. Uh, so the disconnection of not having that has caused 
this need for intentionally connecting and knowing that there's still a separation. So we are on Zoom, we are on video, we are on, on, on the phone, we're in different ways, but we're still not physically in the same place. So the, the energy exchange is still missing. Some of the advantages have been that because of the intentionality of connecting, uh, now there is a little more thought about when do we connect? How do we connect? Let's make the most out of the time together. And the disadvantage is that it does take that intention. So what we've seen both in the workplace and in personal lives is a kind of filtering of who sticks around and who doesn't, who does make the effort to communicate and maintain relationships and engagements and who doesn't. So growing up Italian, mm -hmm. living in Colorado, there's a different kind of chill in both places, but there definitely is chill in, in both. So I remember being just stunned by how professionally Italians relax. So how does the concept of being, of existing, of, of taking space, how much part of you is that? And is that something you inherited from your parents and grandparents and, and all of that? I think so. I think what you mentioned about the concept of being chill in Italy is, is definitely different than uh, in uh, Colorado and in other places. There is a space, I mean, something as simple as you go out for a meal, whether it's lunch or dinner or even breakfast. And if you're sitting down, if it's a sit down place and a sit down meal, you're taking the space and you're taking that space as long as you need to. There's very few times the concept of the turnover of tables. So it's, there isn't this like, okay, you've eaten, here's your check, goodbye. And actually, one of the culture shocks for my husband was the fact that they don't bring you the check when you're done eating in Italy in restaurants. When you're done, and it could be hours after you've actually finished your last bite, you stand up and you go ask for the check at the counter inside because that space is now yours and it's yours for as long as you need to. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's a different, so different. I remember the other thing in Italy that shocked me was that children were up at a, like 11 o'clock at night. You know, I grew up in a, <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest where it was like five o'clock dinner, you know, five thirty. <laughs> that was it. Uh, you eat, you know, you watch TV, you go to bed, but this sort of spilling into the night is just fascinating, right? It's just this sort of, yeah, different kind of space. Now, Mid-afternoon nap was weird for me to think about, though. So if you were to think about your, all the way back to the cave people, where you inherited this ability to kind of have intuition as a coach, as a seer, as an intuitive, where did that come from? From the cave people, I would say from the connection with others. So one of the things that we, especially as a coach, we address a lot very often is this concept of the threat response. So our ancestors got really good at figuring out whether they needed to freeze, leave, or fight uh, when there was a threat. And we are still, you know, bringing that into modern life, even though we may not be facing cyber-toothed tigers. We are still very much in that response whenever we feel threatened. And that's our first kind of initial brain response of any situation. Now, the intuition piece and the next step of understanding is this a safe space or not 
is through connection. So as we were able to survive in tribes, because the tribe protected us, we now look for the same thing. Is It's our interdependence and our connections with others that then brings that, okay, now this is a safe space for me. I am being protected. I'm being seen. I'm being heard. I can now be myself because I'm not in a threat place. So all of that makes sense to me, but it raises some question in my mind, and that is our, our movement away from in-person relationships and toward online relationships, towards social media, which is certainly not, in many ways, certainly not a safe space because people find a lot of emotional trauma happening through their interactions on social media. How does saber-toothed tigers and social media come together and how does our, our response to them differ? That's a great question. I would definitely agree that social media is definitely not a safe space most of the times. We do go back to it. So there is some safety that we either seek and we may not find it or we feel every once in a while. The threat response there is really, well, we see it in two ways. The fleeing. So I like I go away from social media. I delete my, my accounts. I don't respond. I disconnect from certain people that I feel threatened by or I fight. Hence the constant arguments, the constant putting down on each other, undermining each other, forgetting our humanity, like for, forgetting really that there's a human behind that. And it is because of this disconnection I mean, how many people would have the courage to say in person to someone's face what they say in social media in their comments? Uh, probably my guess is zero to none. It's interesting. Um, we were just talking with someone about civility uh, on a recent episode, and it is such a, an interesting word. Civility goes to civilization. But that also draws my thinking. I've been reading a lot about kind of early people. That's why I said cave people earlier. <laughs> but uh, early civilization was all about the haves and the have-nots, right? So the great literature started, the scribes, the, the art, all of those things, because the rich were taking everything from their uh, poor serfs. What do you see as being the direction we're going in the world? Are we, are we headed in the right direction and, you know... I guess, you know, what, what, uh, Siamo, what, what is Siamo for everyone in the world? What, what are, what are we, where are we going? Uh, I would say my dream of Siamo in the world is more civility, a lot more civility. I think we've, we're in a, we're in a, a strange phase. Uh, we have access to information. We have access to anyone, anywhere in the world at our fingertips. And, and yet we've lost the sense of the fact that we are interdependent from, interdependent from each other. And then is the civility that has allowed us to live for millions of years. And, and now it's, you know, the separation, this zero-sum game, this us versus them, it's very destructive. I, I don't know where we're going. I hope that we will find a way to come back together. I see the pandemic as being an indication of an opening almost, uh, more than an indication of where we are. I find it very interesting that 
Italy, especially when it was hit hard by the pandemic, the images and the feeling were of people singing from their balconies to connect with each other in any way possible. And then in other parts of the world, it was all the arguing and the fighting and the separating and let's isolate ourselves as much as possible because everybody else around us is an enemy. And that is kind of the way that, but business really runs uh, on this idea that it's only business. So talk to that phrase, like it's just business, it's only business. Oh, I, um, it's never just business. Uh, until we find a way for business to exist without humans, it's actually about humans. There's, there's no company that can exist except for shell companies, which are founded based on companies that are still made by humans, that are just business. There's always uh, somebody on the other side. And that's one of the most toxic, I would say, phrases that somebody can really use when in a business context, making a decision about humans is really defaulting to that. It's like I now let go of my ethics, of my civility, by convincing myself that it's just business. It never is. And, and language, Christina, language has a lot to do with that because now business is categorized as B2B or B2C or C2C or some combination of that. And as you say, there is no B2B. I, I pull people up every time they try and describe themselves as being a B2B business because it's not. There's a person at the other end. Businesses don't make decisions. They don't write checks. They don't buy anything. Um, businesses don't actually do anything. It's, it's the people within the business that does all that. And I think we do humanity a disservice by dehumanizing business and and taking people out of that equation. So I, I love the fact that you talk to that so strongly. So with artificial intelligence coming on board and machine learning, two very interesting things driven by people who try to teach machines how to think like people, is that going to increase the disconnectedness that we're facing in this world today? Or do you think it's going to somehow subvert the irrational behavior that people have and turn it into a more rational and normal behavior? I never thought about it uh, in that sense, and it's a very interesting question. The, I mean, clearly machine learning and artificial intelligence can exist without people. Uh, one of the advantages, uh, I guess, it would be that if artificial intelligence and machine learning can take away some of the mundane tasks then we can focus on the human-to-human -human connection. We can focus on the emotional intelligence, on the empathy, on the communication. We're always going to need to have that influence because each human is unique. Uh, and so while Alexa may know exactly what kind of music I want to hear sometimes, and sometimes it does feel Alexa can know me better than other than actual humans, it's, it's limited. The input still comes from me. The input still comes from how I relate to it. And so if we can find a way to relate to each other in a more human level, instead of just about business, then maybe we can find that civility again. Maybe we can let the machines do what machines do best and we can do what we do best, which is be together. I love that. Um... And the, the power of be, right, in that to actually be together. And that's what I've 
seen about Italian society is that people just are, you know, and that's a wonderful thing. Now, I do have to say it's a little nuts in Bolzano where we lived, it would get up to insanely high temperatures, you know, 100 plus, you know, 40, 40 plus, 42 degrees Celsius. And people would be out in the sun, sunning themselves in that crazy heat. And they're like, ah, oh, crazy Americans. So, it, but it, I love, I loved it because it's, there's this ability to, to relax. So, so a question for you on the, on the way out, speaking of just being, what will you hope the world will say about you when you cease to be kind of a human? What, what do you hope that, that people will say she was right? Uh, what, what's, what's that? Uh, what does that drive for you? So there's a quote that I always go back to, and it's the quote of be someone who makes everyone feel like a somebody. And that's what I hope for me. I hope that people will remember me as I felt like I existed around her. She always saw me. She heard me. I love that. And it, it, that really points back to your business that Siamo, uh, and it's beautiful and it's, it's a wonderful thing. So we like to close these shows by just kind of asking you uh, to tell us where folks can find you and mm -hmm. who you're looking for. All right. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Well, people can find us at wearesiamo.com, which is our website, and Siamo is S-I-A-M-O. They can find us on LinkedIn. They can find us on Facebook, all the social media pieces. But they can also find us on our podcast, which is called Uncover the Human on all podcasts. And you've had a lot of episodes of that, so folks can yes. dig through a whole back catalog of, of that podcast. Thank you so much for chatting with us. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, Christina. I really enjoyed our conversation today. It's rare to connect the dots in such a way that it becomes easy to see how disconnected people have become and how that the future of the workforce, the future of humanity is actually tied in with how well we do connect with people. Yeah. And, you know, humanness can get a little bit awkward, you know? I mean, uh, so it was fun to dive into that with you and, and thinking about you know, Italians sweating out in the sunshine, saber-toothed tigers chasing down primitive humans, and, and all the rest. And talking about awkward, Dr. Kent, often people are very awkward about how they get to have a social media presence, how their visibility is. They want it to be a certain way. And so we have this little thing on our website, thoughtpartnergroup.com, where you can take an assessment, and that assessment looks at your visibility on social media. It also looks at how good you can strategize around your business. So to all our listeners, go click on that button, take it, it's free, take you a couple of minutes, and we'll write back to you almost instantly. There's a, put a saber-toothed tiger behind your ass. Go on, do it. ThoughtPartnerGroup.com. Mm -hmm.